0: Welcome to VR Roundtable, episode 109. My name is Gary and I'm joined by Anthony, Steve and Chris. We're going to be here for the next hour and a half or so talking about some VR, the latest VR news and a few games as well. Um, Thank you to everyone joining us in chat and uh, thank you for downloading this podcast if you're an audio listener. just to make a quick comment you know on the chat it is super chat so if you want to make a donation to the show feel free to do that as well it's always appreciated of course um but uh i guess let me go over to steve first steve how are you this week
1: i am doing good um i'm on a new installation of windows everyone so um you know i mentioned last week when discussing Pimax that i wanted to do a fresh wipe of windows and see how everything went so if there are issues with the stream, uh, or with anything, uh, kindly let me know. Don't, don't badger me. There's only so much I think I'll be able to fix while live. So, uh, keep that in mind. I'm, I'm hoping I got everything set up, but it, it's actually, um, a pretty daunting task to make sure you're all the work and all the evolution that you do over the weeks and months from show to show to make sure that transfers over to a new Windows install. Um, I probably could have done a better job there. So if there's any issues, let me know. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Chris, how are you this week?
2: I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, starting to work on my production teams again uh, in, in college. We have this production team thing. So uh, this week we're working on an RPG kind of roguelike thingy. And we have to make a prototype each week. And next week we're going to try to do some some kind of VR party game. So I'm looking forward to developing in VR for the first time, hopefully cool
0: yeah you'll have to let us know how that goes as well yeah, yeah.
3: you guys will play test hopefully yeah <laughs> anthony how are you this week i'm good everything's fine i uh, didn't sleep a wink last night but other than that i'm great oh dear <laughs> it <laughs> okay. won't hit me until the afternoon and then i'll be like
0: damn <laughs> yeah you've got this show and then you've got your show to do straight after as well so you got to remain you, you need those coffees don't you? you need to get a few coffees in you absolutely Okay. Um, yeah, so, well, I've been playing a lot of elite this, uh, this past week. Um, I played with flute, Roger, who's in the chat, uh, last night. We, uh, played a little bit of multiplayer elite. had a great time in there. He's a lot more experienced than I am, but, uh, you yeah, know, it was good. It was really good just to experiment with different things in elite and, uh, try something else out. But, um, I won't be talking about that in games. Um, we've got a few different games to discuss later on, but first let's go through the news. Um, the first news story we've got down here, and this is a little bit of speculation on behalf of The Verge. There was an article that came out of The Verge um, saying that Microsoft could possibly be announcing HoloLens 2 at Mobile World Congress um, when in February. So they have a conference booked in for the 24th of February um, at 8 a.m. Pacific time. And the speculation from the Verge article, they don't really give too much um, concrete, honestly, on why they have this impression, but they seem pretty confident that this is going to happen um, at this event. And part of the reason is Alex Kipman, um, who works at Microsoft and was quite heavily involved with the uh, production of the original HoloLens and is also um, involved in VR and AR at Microsoft as well. He will be attending Mobile World Congress. Um, So that sort of points to the fact they may be possibly announcing something. And there is a rumor that this new headset will have a wider field of view. It will be lighter, uh, more powerful, using uh, an ARM-based chip, uh, the Snapdragon 850 this time. Um, So all of these things are yet to be confirmed. But I think the HoloLens, because it's been around for so long now, I think everybody's ready for the next stage um, and to see what they've done over the past few years um, in terms of AR Um, Anthony, you know, you're a fellow AR fan as well. What, what do you think of this new story? Do you think there's anything behind it and what would you like to see in HoloLens 2?
3: Yeah. So I, they seem incredibly confident about it, which to me says they know, they know this is going to be HoloLens 2, but it's unofficial. Like they have somebody in Microsoft that is like, yeah, this is going to be HoloLens 2, but you know, we can't say anything. I'm, I'm thinking that that has to be it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. Just from the standpoint that you know, Microsoft. We got to remember they were they were basically the first out the gate, right, in this whole AR thing. And I remember when they showed Hololens off like way, way back in the days. It was like at Xbox. Um, you know, it was at the uh, E3 show. Like like they would give a demo of it. And this was this was before I was even into VR. I think right or. Somewhere around there, they were they were showing off HoloLens, and they were showing off Minecraft in, in HoloLens, and, and they had like a little brief Halo experience in HoloLens. I remember Jeff Gerstmann talking about it on Giant Bomb, like they went into some E3 demo, and they got a really brief Halo experience that was in HoloLens, and that was all a long time ago, and, and ultimately, HoloLens, the first one, is not a consumer-based product, but I think Microsoft was pretty smart about it. They they knew that it wasn't gonna be consumer based where we look at somebody like Magic Leap and it seems like they really thought this their Magic Leap one was gonna be a lot more consumer based than it probably can possibly be. And Microsoft was a little more down to earth about that situation. But I'm looking forward to this because this is generation two of their inside out tracking. And they've had a crack at inside-out tracking. They have it out there. They have it in their HoloLens. They have it in all the Windows Mixed Reality headsets. And I've said it a million times, but I really believe, like, when a company makes a first attempt at something, I'm not super excited about their first attempt because I always feel like they're going to come up short. Like, they're going to learn things, and it's going to fall short. And then the second attempt, they learn all their lessons from their first attempt, and so I think the tracking is going to be better. Um, hopefully, it's going to be a bit smaller and less bulbous in nature. A little bit going back to the Magic Leap style. Um, we've got rumors that we're going to get to later in the show about Facebook and other companies that are getting involved in this area, and the you know rumors suggest that you know they might be smaller, and so I think Microsoft kind of wants to get away from a big large headset this is supposedly using a snapdragon 850 which seems to be almost like a specialized chip that because we hear about the 845 the 855 this is the 850 so i don't know is this like a special snapdragon that they've kind of worked specifically for this product or for a smaller uh window of products i'm not sure but yeah, I'm, I'm, and and the timing is right. You know, we heard that Hololens two was coming in 2019. You know, this is mid mid to late February 2019. I think the timing's right to get it out there.
0: Yeah. Um, Just on that point of the Snapdragon 850, I I wondered about that too. I wondered if there was uh, some kind of typo in the Verge article or something like that, whether it is the 855. Um, Chris, what do you think of this? Uh, You know, in terms of AR, we've all sort of. uh, I'm very interested in the future of AR as well as VR. Um, What's your overall opinion of AR and uh, what do you think of the HoloLens 2?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, like all of us, AR is really. The exciting future where you can have the the VR experience. If you just like pop like a blocker in front of your eyes or something, then you're in VR and they just kind of work together is hopefully what we'll get to. Um, I really don't think about Microsoft enough in the AR VR space. I probably should because, you know, like we've been saying, the HoloLens was kind of one of the first cracks at AR and it's still going strong after all this time. So it's really exciting to hear, you know, that hopefully we'll have improved field of view and, you know, like you said, Anthony, lighter you know, easier, hopefully more comfortable, things like that. That's all good things that'll help it because there's really real, real world applications that exist today if you think about like, there's a lot of companies using these HoloLenses for different things already. So I think the market's there and Microsoft knows that even if, you know, it's a little bit better, it's not like, I mean, hopefully it'll be a lot better, but even if it's just a little bit better, I think enough companies would want to upgrade to it anyway. Um, I, I looked it up, and the, the 850 actually does exist, and the cool thing that I saw about it is um, it looks like it is capable of running on a Windows 10 PC, which you know makes sense. That's cool that it it can run on Windows 10, and it looks like it's been in some laptops recently, um, but hopefully... That has enough power. It sounds like it does. I mean, you know, all these Snapdragon processors are in the, the Oculus Quest and the Oculus Go, so they'll have decent power. So I think that's, you know, a good direction as well. It's exciting to, to see what this will be. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait for this announcement. I'm, it sounds pretty confirmed, so I'm, I'm hoping we see some cool stuff. Yeah the
0: um, the other thing on what you touched on there Chris as well is the fact that a few weeks ago we did report on on the story about um the US military uh, you know, Microsoft winning a contract for uh, HoloLens headsets with the U.S. military. So, you know, I think that they're seeing a lot of interest in this and I'm sure that as they progress with it, the, the, the field of view on this one is rumored to be 60 degrees, I believe, um, compared to I think it was 40, 45 degrees with the original HoloLens. Um, so I suppose that's quite a significant upgrade. It's still not really enough to make it compelling overall. I would say, but it's it's interesting to see where they go with this stuff. Steve, what do you think of Hololens two?
1: I am, you know, I I don't think too much of it. I haven't I haven't really tried to analyze it and and think, you know, what is this going to mean because I still think it's mostly sort of in the dev kit space. Like, um, it's cool. Like, evolution's great. Like, but I I don't know that it's going to greatly impact me. I don't I don't know that. Um, you know, I'm going to be in the market for a HoloLens 2 or anything. I, I, I don't think anything's necessarily coming to, to us as a consumer. And and that's the angle that I care about the most relative to me, of course. So um, I'll just, you know, it'd be interesting. I'll follow it. Uh, I'll kind of see what they're announcing and things like that. But I'm not going to um, be overly uh, worried and, 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 and really thinking that it's going to be something that I'm going to uh, ever have in my hands okay
0: yeah yeah and that's a good point because th- this is all sort of future technology isn't it we know that ar consumer based ar glasses smart glasses are not necessarily uh ready just yet and we're probably going to be waiting another five years before we get anything uh significant in that space but it's interesting to see where they go and how they progress with this technology um and leading on from that actually we do have this report um from road to vr and this was to do with serial 3ds light field display um, this was a report from Ben Lang I think on road to VR which he saw this uh, demo of this device at CES um, and it's being developed by uh, CERN engineers and they so w- this this device you know it's very very early days with this kind of thing it's not a wearable or anything like that but th- it looks to be some kind of uh, device where it, it, like a, some kind of microscope or something like that where you put your eye in and you can focus on different things. So we all know, I wanted to quickly go back to um, introduction to light fields that we all experienced last year um, from Google so light field capture is something that's been done numerous times and we've all experienced it in our vr headsets where you they they can capture a static scene and yet it captures it in a way where the light is sort of dynamic um so if you experience a scene in vr you you have this this experience where the light moves around when you move your head you get a different point of view of the light and it makes a scene not far less static than it actually otherwise would be rather than being paused in time it feels like you're standing in a room which is actually moving through time but 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 it's just not not moving you know it's just the the state of how it is we've seen other experiences um like the hallelujah experience where they had light field capture and as you move your head, it's not a three hundred and sixty video. As you move your head from side to side, you actually get the the stereoscopic effect, and you get a realistic impression of where you where you are actually positioning uh, your view. So that's light field capture, which has been sort of proven, and we've experienced it in VR. This is a light field display, which actually takes all of this kind of stuff, but then it displays it in a way where. It's not using eye tracking or anything like that. The light field display uh, emits light at certain angles so that you can focus on certain parts of a scene um, and it will focus accordingly. So there's no eye tracking. It's not following the position of your eyes to then change the rendering of that particular point um, and either blur it or focus it. In the way we've seen in some other technology, this is actually using a more natural method of uh, doing sort of focus. And, um, yeah, it looks pretty interesting. You know, I guess you, like all of this kind of stuff, we really need to experience it firsthand. But the, the thing that gets me excited by this is the fact that Ben Lang at Road to was so – he was so excited. It was his enthusiasm um, that he, he wrote about in that article that made me excited. And when you look at the video, which we're showing now, you can see that there's, there's a lot behind this. And it's not ready yet, you know. It's a long way away. But it's interesting to see – again, all of the future of this kind of technology. Um, Chris, I'll go over to you first on this. Um, I, it's difficult for me to describe this because I don't fully understand it myself. You know, I'm trying to uh, read as much as I can about this stuff, but it seems to be that the the light is focused from this display because it's uh, entering your eye at different angles, um, and that's what allows your eye to focus more naturally on this kind of display. What do you think?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess easiest way to describe it, is like it's just how you you're you used to it in the real world, right? Like I you know, light bounces off an object, reflects into your eye, and you see the depth, and you can see all this stuff. you know, right now it's a pretty rough way of doing it. Like, uh, we can't even you know focus on stuff up close and like the rift or the vibe or anything like that yet. Uh, so it's always cool to hear about light field. it's it's like that one word that is so confusing when you hear it because, like, Nobody really knows what it is. They just know it's really cool and it is definitely the future. Like I remember, you know, hearing about the Avogant glyph, which is uh, kind of a kind of light field display. It was like kind of the first one to be that. And it was only like a 720p uh, like headset where you can watch personal movies. But like you don't see any screen door on it and it looks like it's 4K almost just because of the way that the light is reflecting into your eyes. So like that was really cool when I heard about that. I'm like, wow. I hope that goes into VR. And I know uh, Avagon is also you know, working on trying to add light field into VR and stuff like that. So I hope they succeed with that. It seems like their tech is a lot more miniaturized, uh, but hopefully similar capabilities. Probably not as lifelike as this. This sounds like they're getting super close. Uh, but it does sound like everyone is racing towards light field in one way or another, whether that's on the display side or the uh, camera side, which is also super interesting. Both are important, I think.
0: Yeah, this, um, Anthony, I'll go over to you next on this because this sort of goes hand in hand with the previous story in terms of AR. This could be applied to not just VR headsets, but also AR as well. Um, The the technology from the video looks looks great, but when you see the picture of this device in its current form, you know, it's not practical in terms of a wearable or anything like that. What do you think of the future? How far away are we from getting this kind of device um, on our heads?
3: yeah i I don't know the one thing I'll say is i i've I've seen the videos that C real 3d has and like one of the founder guys is you know he's talking about it and he's like what if you could just have little glasses <laughs> he talks about you know just little glasses on your face and I'm like but he keeps talking about VR and then he keeps talking about these little glasses on your face and I'm like, wait a minute what are you talking about here are you talking about VR or AR because you're kind of like Talking about these little glasses are going to do all this magic. And then, yeah, you do see the big giant contraption that they're using right now. Um, One thing I did read about this, you know, that guy, Carl Gutag, we've talked about him a number of times before. He like during the whole Magic Leap thing, when Magic Leap was an unknown commodity, This guy, Carl Gutag, I I might be mispronouncing his last name, but he would be in the Magic Leap subreddit, and he kind of knows his stuff. It's pretty obvious he knows his stuff, and he makes a lot of comments on this stuff. And he said that a couple, not, not this last CES, but I think the CES prior to that, 2018 January CES, he actually saw this behind closed doors and wasn't allowed to say anything at all about it And he was really impressed, but it was a very large prototype that they had there. You had to like stick your head into something almost like, you know, the magic leap beast thing that we always heard about. Um, So as far as like, when is Lightfield going to actually come to end level consumers? One of the problems with it is just pure storage and file size is like to get that's, that's where maybe 5g, 5g. Yeah. Again, <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Exactly. Because how are you going to download, like, imagine if you could download a one minute clip of video, but it's 500 gigs, would you do that? Would you download 500 gigs for a one minute clip of video? Because that might be what we're looking at. And I'm just throwing those numbers completely out of my, you know what, but I mean, it might be kind of similar to that for Lightfield. So how, Like People aren't going to download that. It's got to be streamed somehow. So I think the whole infrastructure for Lightfield isn't there. But what I would love to see, you said like one of the things you mentioned, Gary, is we've all seen Lightfields. I actually didn't because back when that Google Lightfield thing came out, my computer just didn't run it. I should try it now. Now that I've got a decent computer to do it, I should retry it. But I haven't actually seen it. And what I've always wanted to see is Give us a sample, even if it's like five seconds and we got to download 250 gigs. I want to see what it really, really, really looks like. But maybe it's just our headsets right now, you know, the resolution and everything. So it might be wasted on it. Like, do you feel like you've really seen a light field? It's it's. Difficult because
0: the, the capture of it is one thing, and then as Chris said, you know, it's the display, and that's where this this particular news story sort of it, it is saying that this is the display of seeing the light fields in the way that they should be seen. So you can capture it in a natural way, but when you're using a VR headset to view those light fields, it's still impressive. I still absolutely loved it but it's not a natural way of experiencing light fields. So you do the, the two things do, do go hand in hand, I think. Um, so if we can get a display and just try a display, this, I mean, I've, I've got nothing to compare it to, so I've got no idea of what this could actually improve upon in terms of what we've seen in VR. But you get the idea that, you know, natural focus and a more natural way of uh, light entering your eye is a big deal, at least from this report. Um, Steve, what what do you think? Because I remember that you tried the uh, Welcome to Introduction to Light Fields from Google as well, and I think you were quite impressed with that as well. What do you think of this display story?
1: Well, I think it's a step towards getting um, your your vision to to be more natural. And I saw some comments in chat that said, "Well, uh, I think it was main fan said that, well, I don't, you know, I can focus on things up close, and it's not about your ability to focus on things up close in VR." Um, but it's more about it being natural and like real life. Like when you focus on something up close, your your eyes behave differently. Your the the, the way your eyes just literally focus and 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 behave. So having that ability, you know, with a, with a VR headset today, um, and I guess most AR headsets, you know, there's a singular plane and 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 having a a, a very depth or you know, as Oculus mentioned it, uh, um, uh, when they showed the Half Dome prototype, a very focal. So I, I think. I don't think it will radically um, change the way we we observe and consume any AR or VR content, but what I think will happen is it'll be one step closer to it being natural, one step closer to being um, I don't want to say fatigue uh, necessarily, but but one step closer to anybody that has fatigue issues. Like it'll it'll just be. Be more natural uh, plain and simple uh you know we kind of do the same thing with displays and with audio you know you go to a movie theater and and you know dolby atmos or whatever the latest incarnation is and you know they got 57 speakers surrounding you and it's trying to mimic how your ears naturally hear and and such like that so um i think this is in the same sort of similar vein of thinking but but you know for vision as opposed to audio and uh that's that's all i see about it so i I don't think it's going to be um this huge game changer like when we go to use it and 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 I'm and I'm not trying to downplay it downplay it or anything um but I think it is it, it's just um like I said just another step towards towards natural and and how our vision and everything works and I think that's important if we're ever going to have this this future, this, this very, um, futuristic sci-fi future where we're always having augmented, uh, technology, you know, in our, in our lives from the moment we wake up to the, to the moment we go to bed, you know, we, we have some sort of notification system in the corner of our eye, whether it be through glasses or through whatever, you know, um, I think getting close to natural uh, biological response is, is important for the long term viability. So this is the right, the right step. It's just um, it's 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 sci fi for geeks right now. Like, I don't think it's anything that's going to greatly impact us tomorrow. Uh, but but ten years from now, we'll be glad that this research was done.
2: Yeah, I looked at the, the website and man, their roadmap is kind of crazy. So according to C3 or C real 3D, Uh, In 2019, there'll be high-quality light field in uh, VR headsets. In 2020, it'll be in MR headsets. And in 2021, it'll be in smart glasses that are like a wearable form factor. (laughs) That's their their current... I, I feel like they're a little off if they're just showing this in 2019 and it's a giant projector and they want it in VR headsets this year. But whatever. I hope they can get there. That's pretty ambitious.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't, I don't know what, what we'll see from this, but the technology again. Looking further ahead, it's all interesting to keep track of this kind of stuff. Um, okay, the next news story we've got down here is to do with Apex Construct. So, um, actually, can I go over to you, Anthony, on this one? I think I, I didn't actually read this one, but I know that it was uh, quite a significant news story in terms of sort of the sales of 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 V on different platforms.
3: Yeah, I don't have it pulled up in front of me right now. But um, basically what happened is the CEO of Fast Travel Games, who are the developers of Apex Construct, was kind of talking about how their sales broke down on that particular game. And so if you go back to, I believe it was uh, May of 2018, he was saying that um, 54% of their sales were coming from PC VR, of their, of their entire sales. And then at the end of 2018, 58% of their total sales are coming from PlayStation VR. So they saw this incredible explosion towards the end of, of this last year of a lot of people picking up PlayStation VRs and their sales for Apex Construct exploded on that platform. So right now at this current point in time, basically, Almost 60% of their sales are coming specifically from PlayStation VR. Now, one of the things we do have to remember is Apex Construct, when it first released, it was a PlayStation VR exclusive for a short window of time. Similar to Moss and a number of other games, it was like a 45-day window. It wasn't like a really long window of exclusivity. And back then, that's, that's when their sales weren't that incredible on PlayStation VR and it was much more incredible this fourth quarter so what it tells us is I think this gives us like an advance indicator that PlayStation VR had a lot of success this last Christmas Borderlands 2 Beat Saber the lower prices Astro Bot I think all of that combined and you know we we all have these flat gamers everywhere we know tons of flat gamers and what happens is, is they start hearing a little blurb here. You know, they hear a blurb about super hot. They hear a blurb about this, a blurb about that. They hear about Beat Saber. Then they, you know, they hear about this Astrobot. They hear that Beat Saber is now on PlayStation VR. All these things are little seeds that get planted. And I think a lot of people picked up PlayStation VRs this last Christmas. So I believe Sony will announce some pretty big sales. But I think the other major thing that we need to take away from this is imagine all the indie developers worldwide that somehow look at this story and read this story. Guess what, man? There is going to be a tidal wave of ports coming to PlayStation VR, I think. Because I think if if you're making a VR game and you can get it running on a base level PlayStation 4 system, you're going to port it over to PlayStation VR, especially after reading a story like this that 58% of their sales are coming from PlayStation VR. So uh, those of us that are PC-based gamers, you know, maybe this doesn't mean a hell of a lot to you. Well, in one way, it might affect you adversely because as all these developers start scrambling to port their games over, guess what they're not doing? They're not buttoning up their existing PC VR game that might need a little bit of buttoning up. But it's just an interesting uh, look into the health of the overall industry, I think. I think it's
1: more for... um, it, it, it the the tweet and everything the information i think is more for the consumers and those like us that are following it i think if you're a developer i think you're probably pretty well aware of the breakdown you have you'll have if you if you're making a notable game um, and I'll use beat the developers of Beat Saber as, a, as an example, because it came to PlayStation VR late. I have to think that, that, that people on Shuhei Yoshida's team are knocking at your door, sending you emails saying, Hey, look, look, look at these numbers. Uh, on average, games that are multi platform on PlayStation VR and on PC VR, you know, the biggest bulk of them are selling on PlayStation VR. That's Shuhei Yoshida's job and and, the, and his team's job. So I think developers are probably already pretty keenly aware of this information prior to um, um, Apex Construct developer releasing the info. Um, I think it's interesting, and, I, and I'm glad they did. I'm not saying the tweet isn't worth much because we get... I guess I would have assumed that to be the case anyway, but we—it's nice to get that kind of confirmation. Um, so it, it makes sense. There's there's that many more PlayStation VRs in the wild.
2: Yeah, because a lot of that stuff is under NDA. Um, like I went to some Nintendo thing, all NDA. I can't say anything about it. But you know, that's the type of thing that we'll never get to know—is like how how people market their their inner sales or whatever to to developers and things like that so this is really cool information just like makes it so much easier for an indie developer to who doesn't know playstation to be like okay like there is something substantial here something also cool is um they they also said december was one of the best months ever for apex in in general so it sounds like you know the vr industry is like definitely booming a lot I, i can just Kind of tell that uh, walking around my school here, like I keep looking at Snapchat, everyone's playing VR and like, you know, everyone I know has VR now that didn't happen. You know, no one had VR when I was in here and when like we started the, when I joined the podcast. But I mean, I I think a lot of people have been jumping in, like all my friends are basically have VR now, which is nuts because, you know, no one had that like this time last year. So I think... There's some good momentum here, which is good to see because, you know, there's also been a lot of Doomsday articles coming out lately, too. So, yeah the um i did before we get on to the next news story
0: there was a comment in chat which has sparked a little bit of discussion in there as well uh, from trey vr um who asked do you guys think there it, uh, there are too many headsets and the result is confusing the pancake gamers to join the vr community this is something that i've thought about as well um from time to time where you've got a wealth of all this new hardware coming out it's very comparable you know there's not a huge amount of differences in terms of like pc uh, vr headsets really for the most part um a, a vast majority of them are very close in specs but then you've also got the psvr then you've also got the oculus go then you've got gear vr and google cardboard there's a lot of stuff out there and if you if you categorize all of these headsets in one bracket of being vr headsets i've tried vr i've tried google cardboard. So now I've tried VR and that's it. You know, it, it's it's concerning um, to me. And I, I do wonder whether too many uh, headsets are coming out and there's too much hardware, too much confusion in the market. Um, Anthony, what do you think of this?
3: Yeah, well, if you're if you're like a casual or if you're a flat gamer looking to maybe dip your toes in the VR waters, you're you're going to know about Vive and you're going to know about the Rift. And then so if you start looking into the Vive, then you're going to th- you're going to find out, oh, well, there's this Vive Pro and, and, and now there's a Vive Pro I and, and there's a Vive Cosmos. And so it's going to kind of go into a confusion. And then if you look into the Oculus Rift a lot, you're going to hear about Oculus Quest. And you're like, well, wait a minute, maybe I should be getting one of these Quest things. So, yeah, I, I do think there is a little bit of a concern there where. The average person that isn't, like, really into this stuff is going to investigate a little bit, but as they investigate a little bit, they might get a little bit even more confused, and they might decide, well, I'm just going to wait a little bit until this kind of settles out a little more, so...
0: Yeah, it's um, Steve, so let me go over to you. Because, I mean, you could make the comparison of um, smartphones. You know, when, when smartphones first started to come out, there were so many people jumping on board with that. But they are all, again, very close in spec. Um, do you think that the consumers that were inundated with a large amount of smartphones at that time, uh, there was any confusion? Or did it just, overall, was it just a benefit? In Is it applied to VR as well?
1: I think so. I think, in part, and, and we are equally guilty here on the show, um, we created this platform-specific thing. You know, it was like the Vive platform, the PSVR, and the Oculus platform. Um, if, if you get away from that and, and think of them as glorified monitors, then, you know, I don't know how many desktop monitors are there. You got some with G-Sync, some with FreeSync, some at 4K, some at 1080p, but 240 hertz. Like you, you got a lot of variability, but it's just a monitor. So um, I think VR headsets can kind of get into that sort of um, status quo, so to speak. Um, if you want to drill down into any device, like, like you, uh, you mentioned s- smartphones specifically, I think, um, you know, for the, for the largest time and still to this day, I sort of just think of it as Apple and Android. Uh, and, and I know BlackBerry tried to make a resurgence. I know Palm OS tried to make a resurgence at some point, but it was really just Black, uh, uh, Apple and, and Android. And within Android, you had you know your HTC phones, your Samsung phones, and so forth. So um, I, I I think most people, and it, it really um, it, it's it's interesting because I'm I'm not sure, but when when I think of an um, what I'll call an uninformed consumer, someone that says I'm going to go out and buy a headset. How will they do that? Will, will they go to a store like Best Buy and, and talk to a sales guy and, and have the sales guy say, okay, well, this Oculus does XYZ, this this HTC Vive does ABC. Um, you'll have those type of people. And then it's really the sales guy. It's no different than when a, when a couple decides to go buy a refrigerator or something. Um, but then you'll have the other type of consumer that'll go to a place like Reddit. Or, or somewhere and, and start getting into the weeds and they're going to buy their device online. That, that type of consumer, I think won't necessarily be confused. They'll, they'll do their research and they may not understand everything they're researching. So, um, I, I think it's just a, a simple matter of, of, you know, you can get into the weeds on anything. You can get into it on, on cars, on, on hell. Like, like I'm, I'm just using a, a personal anecdote. The, um, we, we bought a couple Philips Hue bulbs. I uh, actually got a gift for Christmas and, and now it's making me want to expand them in our home. And, and me and my wife are, are trying to plan it and, and we're like doing a bunch of research to figure out what type of wall switches are compatible. So I think, I think tech is in a, in a spot where, um, end users have to do, have to be able to do research and, and, and know what what product they're buying and and what their intended purpose for it is rather than just a uh, willy nilly buying something, you know, this is VR headset and then, and then hoping it's going to be compatible with their computer and compatible with, with everything else they have. So uh, it's going to require some research.
0: Chris, um, what you were talking about just a few minutes ago about your friends now sort of starting to get into VR. We, we, did you help them out? Which headset to get or did they, were oh, yeah. they all up to speed on it?
2: Yeah. Uh, that's the thing is, you know it's confusing for them i mean everyone knows rift and vibe like you said like everyone's like should i get a vibe i heard room scales better or whatever i'm like i'm like okay well let's talk about this like you know everyone here's on a budget and like i feel like the rift is better in a lot of ways so i basically convince everybody to get a rift um but you know Shocker.
3: I, I, <laughs> hey, rift or if the vibe round was table. a better
2: deal if the vibe was a better deal i'd recommend it more but um no, it's cool. My 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 roommate out there has a three sensor setup, and it's just giant space now. So good for him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, I think the only the only problem really lies in the in the crappy phone ones that are like ten dollars when you walk into Best Buy and you see like VR like right when you walk in and it's this really crappy thing. Like that's the only thing I can think of that would kind of turn some people off. But in general, if someone goes to Best Buy. You know they'll find the Rift and they'll find a sales guy from from Oculus or you know like just some sales guy who's getting paid to talk about the Rift and usually that ends up being pretty good and I think the Rift is the right choice for a lot of people and I'm glad that Oculus is putting so much marketing into it uh, so people can think of it first like good thing there's not some crappy headset like the Vive Pro is putting in marketing and it's everywhere and everyone thinks they have to buy a Vive Pro or something I don't know uh, so you know uh, like you said steve i think it's just kind of like anything else you can get in the weeds but um i think it's it's turning out to be pretty good for psvr because someone's like oh i have a playstation boom buying this you know or or the rift where they walk into best buy they see it they can try it and they'll buy it so i think that's you know really the two big things i remember there was like vive demos but i haven't seen any like i don't have any nearby me maybe they're not doing that as much but Uh, I I think the in-store thing is probably the best for general consumers for now. Uh, But yeah, it's our job. We got to spread the word and tell people what to get so they don't screw up. (laughs) Yeah, it's strange that um, thing about the demos in-store because now, like
0: going back a year, there was, I remember going to like my local retail stores and that that would do this kind of stuff and they would have a demo of HTC Vive set up in the center of the store um nobody was ever on it whenever i I went by nobody was ever on it but they also had oculus demos as well and they said you know i tried to get an oculus rift demo um at the store i I owned an oculus rift anyway but they said you can't do that now because uh they only come in at the weekend so you have to wait for that yeah it's, it's crazy to me but but you know i guess it just comes down to the fact they weren't selling enough to to Warrant the 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 amount of space they had to dedicate to VR demonstrations, unfortunately, and it's just the sad state of affairs. I'm afraid, but it's um, well, of-
3: you know what it is though is like you can go into a GameStop, right, and they have a a thing set up that has a Nintendo Switch right there, you know, and it's it's all built in, and they don't have to have a a chaperone right there and that's that's the problem that it's it's the wire and then you can't say well oh oculus quest is going to save all of this because there's no wires somebody just puts on an (laughs) oculus quest they're trying it out and then they take off running they're gone you know Um, but one of the nice things i have seen is that playstation i don't know if you guys have seen any of these photos but there are these things called malls here in America. They're kind of dying, but they still kind of exist. And PlayStation has actually been going to malls and doing demos at various malls, and um, that's kind of cool. I wish we, I hope we can see more of that. And w- one thought I had in my head is, what if Oculus and HTC, like, what if they had a special program for VR arcades? Where do you want to demo a Rift? Do you want to demo a Vive? go to your local VR arcade make maybe they could have some kind of kickback where you get like a 30 minute trial at a VR cuz the VR arcade is already set up they already know what they're doing but they're not going to give somebody a free demo because that's not what they're trying to do but if Oculus or Vive was giving them some kind of kickback for the demo maybe they had to just write down the customer's name and an email or something you know things can happen there's ideas that can be done
0: yeah sure okay uh well let's get on to the final news story uh, that we've got down here and this is to do with the fact that facebook um they've got a few more changes in their vr and ar uh, departments um i don't know too much about this basically they've moved a lot of people around um and there's not a lot to say other than the fact that that they are still sort of moving things around trying to Pin down the right place for all of these people. A uh, few people are staying in the same places, but there seems to be so many changes in Facebook in terms of uh, VR and AR. They do call it sort of VR and AR now, and um, they sort of transitioned. This is something I wanted to get onto um, in terms of. When like back in 2014, I don't think too many people were really looking at what the the future of AR. I think by that time, Magic Leap possibly they announced what they were working on, or or there were rumors of something to do with Magic Leap. It might have been 2015, Um, but but either way, that there was all of this stuff going on around that time. But Facebook seemed to be with their purchase of Oculus. They seemed to be full on in terms of VR and. When you see a company which is really focused on social networking, they are a social networking company. They they want to connect people and sell things to people. They want to sell advertising. They want to make money. Um and they saw VR as being some kind of future in terms of social networking. At least that's what I see, I don't. I don't necessarily think they just saw it as a gaming device. I think they they always had plans to take this technology that they saw in in Oculus and transfer it over slowly to sort of a social networking thing. As we've moved on and we've got things like Hololens and Magic Leap, I feel like there is a slow transition with Facebook in terms of possibly and uh, you know I, I don't know this for sure or anything like that it's just my overall impressions of it that they they could potentially be moving their focus away from vr and moving it over to ar uh, again i don't know whether this is the case or not but and it would probably be a mistake for a company like facebook to ignore ar completely so i'm sure that would that would happen they would be uh, there will be some interest in ar from facebook anyway it's just that Overall, from what we're seeing in terms of the Oculus Quest, um, and people were talking about this at the announcement of the Oculus Quest, that they are they tend to be moving away from something like a high-end PC VR headset, um, and giving us more of these cut down uh, versions which are have less friction and get possibly get more people involved in vr with that in mind i think it just makes perfect sense for a company like facebook in terms of like their social networking goals to focus a little bit on ar as well and possibly transition more over to that um just a few thoughts i've got rolling around my head chris um so just going back to this original news story there are some fa- changes at Facebook, VR and AR. So they're, they're sort of keeping a few things the same, but also a lot of changes there. Have you got any comments on that, but also on what you see in terms of Facebook's future with VR and AR?
2: Uh, yeah, well, to me, it looks like, you know, just like the the monthly reorganization. I'm sure uh, Steve would agree. They just companies do that all the, all the damn time, you know, especially companies like Facebook. Um you know i'm excited to see someone who launched portal which is like a facebook product you can like buy invest by moving to oculus because you know hopefully you can help organize it and get the quest launch to be good like, we don't want to we don't want any launch like the the original rift launch but the go launch was, was pretty good i think so hopefully you know they'll just continue getting better with that stuff um but yeah to me it just sounds like you know all good stuff um in terms of like the ar side of things i think I think you're right that Facebook is investing more in the AR space maybe than VR, but, you know, based on the fact that they kind of build on each other, if you're developing for AR, you can come up with some innovation. It'll probably work for VR. So it's kind of easier to research both at the same time and hope you gain some insight um, on both of them. So maybe their, their approach is like, you know, try to develop far out a- AR ideas and then be like, Oh, we could convert this into a VR product next year or something. And then like, I think VR is a lot easier in that way. So it sounds to me like that's probably what they're doing with their research, just trying to focus on the future, you know, long into the future and and figure out little wins uh, in, in the short term with that. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like Facebook is, you know, still investing heavily in, in, VR and AR, which is exciting. You know, they didn't give up on us. They're they're still fighting. I still wish that Oculus Home was better and like you know we had a metaverse type thing by now. I feel like with Facebook money, you know, if you throw enough money at something, you'd think that could happen. But uh, we're not there yet. That's maybe the one thing I, I'm a little upset about. Like I, I was expecting so much more when Facebook bought Oculus in terms of like the social side of it. But I, I hopefully we'll get there uh, one of these years. <laughs> Steve, um, you know, feel
0: free to comment on anything that we, we've spoke about. Uh, one question I'll ask you very quickly first is if you were like a company like Facebook, which is a social networking company, do you see that, you know, if they hadn't invested anything in either VR or AR, to me, I would assume that a company like that would would be far more leaning towards an AR future for their company rather than VR. Um, but what do you think of that? And is there anything else you want to comment on specifically for this new story?
1: Well, I agree with you. I think um, it seems Facebook would be uh, tilted towards AR. It, it seems to be the more social thing. And, and we continue to kind of pit, I don't, I don't want to say pit, AR versus VR. Um they're different, but I think there's going to be so much technological overlap. Like, you know, it would be like arguing, um, you know, Blu-ray versus HD DVD. Like, like it's getting into the weeds, but like, um, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think there's going to be tons of overlap. So I see that they went down the VR road as a way to kind of get the ball rolling. But I do think... A-R-esque uh, elements are what, what's their end goal. And a company like Facebook has to constantly innovate. Um, you know, they bought, wouldn't they buy Instagram? And, you know, they, kids, like, it's, it's already, the kids that are like 10, 11, 12, 14, like Facebook's not cool. That's something old people use. And I can remember a time when Facebook was new. I was in college. Uh, this was back in, I don't know, 07, 08. No, no, before then, it's back oh 0- uh, anyways, I remember Facebook and um, it, it was considered the new fresh thing in, in my space was for old people. Right. So I, I think Facebook has to find ways to to still be cool, find ways to still be hip or find a way to be so Deeply rooted to us old people that we continue to use it. So, um, this is all where, where that's going. They're, they're just trying to find a ways to innovate and to stay relevant so that some company, um, that, that they're not able to buy, like an Instagram or a Snapchat, um, you know, if they're not able to acquire on them, uh, some, some company may swoop in and, and start eating their lunch. So, uh, that's really at, at a high level, what I see happening here. Um, at a, at the more, uh, micro level, like I, you know, um, they're, they're, they're going, they're, they're developing teams they're moving people around. I don't think there's tons to, to say, I, I think um, kind of reorganize, reorganizing it, different elements of your company are a pretty commonplace. And um, you know, I think they have a lot of money and I think they influence the market. So I'm glad that there is a big hitter. Like a lot of people don't like Facebook. I'm sort of neutral on them. I don't hate them, but I don't love them. And I, I, I I'm just happy though. The one thing that I do like about them is, is that they carry a big stick. They have a very large bank account and I like having someone with a large bank account being involved in this industry to keep pushing it and keep, keep moving it forward because, um, and, and I feel similarly about Sony, you know, they, they, they have a, a pretty big voice in the market, but most of the companies, you know, I think of like a Pimax or even an HTC, they don't carry a big stick and it's hard to, to truly influence a market. So, um, we may not agree with what Facebook is doing. We, we may always be skeptical of, of, of some of their, their ethics, so to speak. But I think, um, I think that's probably better than there not being a company like Facebook with, with, with such deep pocketbooks being involved. So, um, that's, that's really how I look at this, this, this element here is not, much to say specifically to AR, I don't think, um, other than just them signaling continued investment and continued involvement.
0: Yeah, uh, Anthony, I know this is a little bit of an AR heavy show, um, but. Um, so that means he loves it. have you got any sort of specific thoughts on this but also i I don't know if you want to mention because we're getting a lot of comments in chat about apple as well and and we know this is sort of the the beast that's rumbling beneath the surface in terms of ar because they are going to do something eventually uh we just don't know what yet what what are your thoughts
3: well first on the facebook thing is like one of the main issues with this news story here so was it business insider that originally had this information and, and they have like Business Insider apparently has somebody that has seen this prototype of this AR thing that Facebook has. And supposedly it's, it's very lightweight, like much lighter weight than like a Magic Leap. Like, I think they estimated it's like 70 grams or something. And I think Magic Leap is like 400 grams or something, you know, ballpark. Right. And the person that tried it said, That it was lightweight, but it didn't feel like something where if you accidentally sat on it, you would just crush it instantly. So it's kind of like in between this range there. The other thing that we heard from Business Insider is supposedly, and this is all speculatory right now. We don't know that this is actually legitimate, but supposedly a hundred or hundreds of employees have left Facebook reality labs and been moved to a new unit, this AR unit. And that Michael Abrash and the Bosworth guy, I forget his first name, that they've been named the head of this new AR unit, but that Michael Abrash is still head of the VR part as well. So he's pulling double duty. He's head of the AR and the VR, which is perfectly fine. Like you said, all this, all these technologies are sharing a lot of the same things, um, but the thing that jumps out to me is hundreds of employees. Like, if this is like 10, 15, 20 employees, that would be one thing, but hundreds of employees. Um, a lot of people were kind of thinking that this might signal that something is imminent, like an announcement is about to come. And like, they're shuffling the decks, they're arranging things because an announcement is imminent and they're getting ready. And like all of these titles, it's now da-da-da-da AR slash VR. All of the titles now at Facebook are like AR slash VR. So it used to not be that. Now they're putting AR and it's, you know, alphabetical. (laughs) But, But basically what we're saying here is if you're Mark Zuckerberg, and you've seen ar prototypes behind closed doors that are maybe seven years into the future you know they have to be miniaturized they you know there it's not ready for prime time and you know that ar is going to be a major deal just like he knows vr is going to be a major deal that's why he bought oculus because he could see the future but if you're if you're at the head of these companies And you know that AR has got a good five, six, seven years before it's going to ever matter at all. But you also know that this may be the next smartphone thing. Like this is the next huge computing platform. You do not want to be on the outside looking in. And so let's just say you're Zuckerberg, right? You know, AR is going to be absolutely huge in maybe seven years. But You're sitting here and there's a company, Magic Leap, and they're introducing a product and everybody's getting all excited about it. And yeah, it's much ado about nothing, but it did generate a lot of hype there. Then you have at CES, you have companies like InReal and you've got like Avagon, all these other little companies have their little things that they're showing off. Every time somebody shows off a new AR thing or, or announces some breakthrough AR thing, there's gotta be a little part of you That feels a little tinge like, oh, shit, this might be danger, danger. You know, like these are other competitors that are going to try to eat our lunch at some point. And so you start to get a little bit shaky because you really believe this is the future. So I believe you could take hundreds of employees and move them into a special facility and feel like, you've got to step up your efforts because Apple, Google, everybody, Microsoft, you know, you hear Microsoft is going to unveil HoloLens too. These are all major competitors that want to run the show. They want to be the leaders in this next computing platform. And your, your cards are not on the table. You're not even part of the program right now. Behind the scenes you are, but, but out front you're not there. You start to get a little bit concerned and a little bit worried, I think. And And it's still way too early, like it's way too early for VR. But at the same time, you don't want people to forget about you. So the thing is, like, people think there's going to be an announcement imminent from Facebook about some major AR product. Like, they're going to show off these glasses and it's going to be a big deal, like GDC or something like that. But I go back to the Oculus Quest, man. You don't want to confuse the message. The Oculus Quest is a real product that is coming this April it's 400 bucks they're going to be selling it at all kinds of stores you don't want to screw that up so i don't think they introduce anything ar until later this year after oculus quest has already had a great launch and and the wheels are turning and oculus quest is going good but something is brewing behind the scenes if hundreds of literally hundreds of employees have left a, a particular building and now they're in another building. Something is going on. There is a shift. Well, I mean, they're, they're, it,
1: it. Quest and some sort of AR glasses aren't necessarily competing devices. And, um, you know, I think you mentioned Apple or Chats mentioned Apple. Someone mentioned Apple. And if you look at Apple, like they... You know the iPhone is is a, a big part of their business, but you know it's now at this point where they're every year when they show off the newest iPhone, they they may or may not show off the newest Apple Watch, or they may or may not show off the newest iPad. Like it, it's there's a point where you you get a product lineup, and there there isn't necessarily cannibalism. So there there are consumers out there that will want to buy a Quest and will want some sort of AR sunglasses or something to wear when they're driving down the road. Like um so I don't think it necessarily pre quest necessarily precludes them from from releasing some sort of device this year. Uh, I'm not saying that they are like, I, I don't necessarily believe that they are, but I don't think that it, it says, hey, you know, we we got to we got to focus on quests. Otherwise, we're going to confuse people and, and we can't release anything else. Like, I, I'm not sure I believe that's true. OK, well,
3: my my argument, like Steve, for me, for all of us on this show, it wouldn't confuse any of us. But I'm talking about like your your buddy, you know, your average buddy that you go golfing with. He hears about an Oculus Quest. And then he hears about Facebook, AR, blah, blah, blah. And he and he's like, wait a minute, is it is it VR or it? The, the, the average Joe Schmo, which may not even be uh um, that's gonna buy either of these there things. There you but go. That's still,
1: that's but that's where still, I'm you're
3: at. Like, them. I, I don't think you confuse people like that. I think the the launch of the quest is so incredibly important, you don't take any chances with that. I I would bet. Dollars to so, donuts. There will be no air announcement pro- before the quest. I, I, is I, I'm not okay. saying.
1: I'm, I don't think there will be. I 100 don't think there will be. But I don't think it's because they have to avoid confusion with the quest. Because anybody buying a quest and at, at in early on is is going to be informed enough right they're not at a point where 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 someone's buying this crap at walmart like anybody buying this stuff is within reason are going to do their research and and uh, i'll stick with my apple example like anybody buying an iphone understands what they're buying um you know they they understand that it's not a watch they understand that it's not a tablet like at, at some point you get you, your consumer is intelligent enough um, especially when it's a niche product that they're not going to be confused by by different technologies. Some people may be. I'm not saying zero, you know, souls walking the earth will will be confused, but I think the bulk of of your consumer won't be confused. Again, it's a moot point. I don't think they're they're announcing a a AR product, but at some point, um, again, like Apple, if if they create an AR product line and a VR product line, they're gonna have to get away from this idea of cannibalism. Like that's not tenable. Long term, they will have to talk about multiple products at the same time because they're going to want them to have some sort of overlap connectivity or, or something like that. And, and I just, I can't see a world where they're so scared. It's, it's not like Xbox and, and, and Sony. Like they, they, they'll have multiple devices, multiple services, multiple uh, platforms, so to speak. And, and they're going to have to be able to talk about them. Simultaneously, and we have to get away from the idea that the consumer is so stupid and scared that they can't because the, the new consumer, the next generation of consumers, they're not grandma that, that grew up with a rotary phone. Like they, they are, they are people that grew up in the internet era and they know how to type and they know how to do things. And, and, and also the millennial generation is, also, is very confident. Like they'll, they'll, they, they don't know anything, but they'll act like they do. So, um, no sorry. Offense, sorry. <laughs> so like, I I think, I don't think we have to worry about confusing people. I think that'll, that, that, that'll sort of die off when, 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 when the, um, the baby boomers you know, are no longer making tech decisions.
2: Yeah. But I think you know, Anthony is, is spot on with that. Facebook really needs is is thinking like all these companies are making AR things. We don't have any products. We're just doing all this research. We don't have anything to show for it. We don't have revenue to show for it. Like Microsoft did a little bit of research, released something. They're making a bunch of money. They have the, the you know, the military contract, like, you know, what, what is Facebook doing? They're not making money off of this research yet. So I think, you know, that's, you hit it on the he- nail on the head there. Like they, they need to start making money maybe just, you know, for themselves to not be buried. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, it's good, good point um, because they do need to start exploring this, this area anyway. I think it's worth mentioning that I assume everybody's sort of on board with me in terms of this AR technology not being anything close in the next couple of years in terms of what Apple will possibly be releasing or anything like that. I, I assume, I mean, I'm assuming Apple won't release anything for at least three to four years, something like that, because they want to get a form factor down to the point where people will uh, want to buy these things.
3: Yeah, Apple's biggest, pro like, like we're not going to see an Apple product anytime soon in this category because, see, the problem with Apple they are so hyper focused on image and appearance, and it has to fit in. Like Apple is never going to release a big, bulbous thing that, that you put on your head. They're, they're just never going to do that. They simply will not do that. But if we look at something like the in real light, and we're starting to see things, you know, it's smaller, it, it's a smaller thing. It doesn't look quite as obnoxious. Um, so I think that's see apple but then at the same time apple when they come in they want the technology to be in- incredibly compelling which means a large field of view and and all the all the accoutrements that come along with that but at the same time it's got to have a cosmetic look that works for them and And those those things are they're opposed right now. And and I don't see that change. Like, it's going to be a couple of years. So, I mean, don't even think about Apple right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think any any company, you know, we're seeing all of these things from HoloLens, uh, from Microsoft and all of these other AR companies. I think they're doing great work in what they're doing. But none of these products are consumer based products that will get to the point that we or want them to get to is mobile phone replacements. They're, they're just not ready. The technology is just not ready yet. And whether, it, you know, part of me wonders as well whether it's even physically possible. <laughs> is it? Is it even possible to get something down to the size of a normal pair of glasses that has all of this power and all of this thing, all of this stuff that it can do, a HoloLens kind of experience with a really wide field of view in the, the form factor of just a normal pair of glasses? Um, you know, I'm sure people are working night and day on trying to get it to, to realize whether that's possible or not. I I don't know. Um, But uh, John Shubrock
1: in chat says it's unusual for Apple not being the leaders when you think of how big the impact they had with tablets and smartphones. And that's a very good point because Apple may not be the leader. Like, like they, they knocked it, like, they, they had a series of, of you know, starting with the iPod into the iPhone and, and, and you know, sort of kicking off the tablet. Like, they, they had one success after another. But I think that doesn't guarantee them success in a totally different space. Like, they could kind of, kind of in the AR, VR space, could fall back to pre-iPod Apple. Like, there's no guarantees that they're going to, going to, going to, be the major hitters um i wouldn't assume that they wouldn't like it it would be foolish to 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 think they're going to win out against apple necessarily but um i i like john's point there that they may not necessarily um be the 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 goliath that that we think they will be yeah, I
0: mean, they certainly, as Crunchy says as well, Apple doesn't go first. They won't be the first. They weren't the first to smartphones. They just did it in a more compelling way, and people followed suit after that. Um, so I see a very similar thing possibly happening with with AR headsets, um, but we'll we'll see what happens with that. Okay, well, let's get on to a few games that we've all been playing this week. We've got a few to talk about. Um, the first one is a big release, uh, Ace Combat 7 now. uh I don't believe any of his. well, none of his picked this game up, but you can get the demo, um, from the Japan, uh, PSN. So, um, we sort of made a, Kristen, uh, a PSN, what, a J- uh, uh, Japan PSN account I feel uh, like to I'm download really the demo and give it a try. I um, like, this is so actually, Chris, so uh, no, detailed. Sorry, have so you tried insane. It. I, I want to like No, okay. Uh, Anthony, let me go over to you first on this one. Um, so there's been a lot of people talking about it. Everybody seems to be raving about it. What's your opinion?
3: Yeah, so, you know, people were really really raving about this thing like in the same they were raving about it in the same way that people were raving about Wipeout VR when when everybody first got their hands on that or Astrobot when everybody first got their hands on that. Maybe not to the degree of those two, but pretty darn close in terms of like the ranting and raving. Like, I forget who it was at Upload VR that did the review for Ace Combat 7, but he was basically talking about like grinning from ear to ear and, and that um, this was the most impressive VR, like he kind of basically said it was the most impressive VR experience he's had to this point in time. And I read something like that. I'm like, wow. And then, and then like, I know a virtual reality Oasis, like they did a video, like he did, Mike did a video on it and I believe he was raving about it paradise decay has kind of raved about it a little bit so all these different people have raved about it so i'm thinking oh my god this must be like really amazing and spectacular i got into the demo last night and i played it maybe like four different times because it you know it goes by pretty quickly like you're in it you die or you crash in the ocean or you or you blow up a couple jets and it's over with i was in there four times and I don't know what everybody's raving about, man. I don't know. I mean, it's cool. It's pretty cool, but like, there was nothing about it to me that like, I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. No, it was like, okay. Um, I don't know. I, I guess maybe go to somebody else, Gary.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll just quickly, because it, there's not a lot to say on it only because it's so short, you know, the demo is, is really, really short. It's over before you've started really. Um, but I I enjoyed it for what it is. And I think part of the attraction for this kind of stuff, you know, I'm never going to be able to fly one of these jet planes in in this way. And part of it comes from that. It gives me an experience or an approximation of an experience that I've got no chance of doing in real life. And I I like that aspect of it. I enjoyed the game, uh, the demo um, for what it is. There's not a lot to really get your teeth into with this demo, though, and I don't know if that changes if you pick up the full game. We didn't pick up the full game because it's sixty dollars and it's only got three VR missions, so it just seems a little bit ridiculous to do it if you're not going to play the uh, the flat version. Why would you pay that much money just for the VR missions? Um, you know, I'm I'm glad people have done and to give their impressions on it, but um, I don't think I'll, I would do that. And I was actually really hyped this game because although i'm not like a hardcore uh flight simulator or even this is not a flight simulator this is very arcadey but i'm not really sort of into this kind of hard uh this kind of game really flight simulator flight or arcadey kind of game necessarily but it just really appealed to me for the reasons i said i, I could never fly one of these planes and i'd like to experience some approximation of doing so so that's really why i liked it but um even then, I'm not going to pay that amount of money for it. The demo was good, but um, yeah, just not enough to get my teeth into. Steve, what do you think?
1: I thought it was very good. Um, I I want to play more, um, but I, I'm not at a point where I want to put sixty bucks to do it. I think the the um, price to uh, game time factor is just too too absurd. Um, from what I understand, that you're going to get. About forty-five minutes of of playtime from this VR exclusive, and and the problem is that this is packaged with a with a mainline game, and, and Sony's at a point where they are, um, you know, their bread and butter is still monitor or you know flat screen gaming, and and as much as they're doing for VR, and I appreciate them for it, they're not going to go counter to their bread and butter just yet. So, um, and when it comes to a game like this, like I, I don't know if they were pushing bandai Dynamco to to make the whole game in vr or, or or what but uh i would really love to see them frack out the vr aspect and say okay here's the vr missions as a standalone for 20 bucks or something um because i think it would sell through the roof like i think the quality is really 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 damn good um i i had a great time with it now i did use my whole task thrust that, that i have um you can kind of see it in the chair in the background. I, I have it mounted nice to a to an office chair, and um, it, it, it's a great time. Like I want to play more of this, and I think the arcadey aspect that you mentioned, Gary, um, really suits me because uh, I'm impressed with the technology. I'm impressed with the sensation of, of flying, um, but like some of the flight simulators. That I've never played, so I have to be careful in how, what I say about them as a whole, but I almost think in a little way of, of Elite Dangerous. There's so much complexity to them, and you have to turn levers. You know, it's, it's, it's trying to be realistic, like you're really flying a, a fighter jet. Um, I don't necessarily want that. I don't want the learning curve. I just want to get out there and fly and have fun. And and Ace Combat does that. Like you just get out there and fly. You don't have to flip a bunch of toggles and and be too overly realistic with your with with everything you do. Um so so this is really up my alley. Very much like um why I like Drive Club uh, a lot because it's 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 arcadey enough. It's realistic. It's not like playing Need for Speed or something. Um but it's arcadey enough that the learning curve isn't just really really steep um so i hope um i I recommend it um as as for the content that it is but i don't necessarily recommend people buy it due to the limited um uh, time that you get like the vr content is very small so if you think you're going to play this game flat and you're really into flying stuff then then yeah pay the 60 bucks like you'll enjoy this title i think um, but if you're buying it just for the VR content, man, it's it's a pretty steep asking price. And I'm pretty liberal, like like within our group, like um, I'm the one that usually will buy something or, or advocate buying something um, for 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 the value or for the content. So uh, if if it's a no buy on the value proposition for me, um, that that means it's really I think really sort of an outlier and outside of of what what should should be happening, um, which which is unfortunate, but.
0: Great, do great s- game,
1: otherwise.
0: Yeah. Do, do you wonder why they have only included three VR missions? To me, when I'm playing this, the demo, um, there doesn't seem to be anything like overt in 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 the sense that they'd need to take a lot of time out to develop um, specifically for VR where they could only do three vr missions and not convert all of the other missions as well is there anything you're seeing and can you see any like reason why they
1: would have limited it to three missions i haven't sliced clue. like of course i haven't played any of the flat content nor will i um but like, from from what i saw from the demo and from what i've seen of, of of people that bought the full game um i don't see a limitation there um but I, I i don't know maybe it's a performance thing maybe maybe the the, the base game is, is doing more maybe there's more jets maybe there's more stuff happening and they couldn't get the performance right um or maybe they just simply didn't dedicate the resources this is this is what they set out to do um because i believe the game was delayed at some point or we thought it was coming sooner um yeah. I, I went back actually when we were doing our 2019 preview uh i caught a glimpse of our 2018 preview and and we had ace combat 7 as you know as a 2018 game that we were looking forward to so um, maybe they just ran out of time uh I, I, either way like i don't I, I agree with you i don't see anything that that says they couldn't have the whole game in vr um but then again i haven't really played it you know flat enough to to see or at all to to see if there is a technical reason why they couldn't have the whole game in vr um, I'd like to know that answer. Maybe somebody in chat is an Ace Combat fan and has played it flat, but um, just just my hunch is that's not the case, though. Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, well, let's move on to the next game, uh, which is another flying game, Flying uh, Flying Aces Navy Pilot Simulator. I think we've all tried this one. Chris, I'll go over to you first on this. What did you think of this game?
2: Uh, yeah, so it, it's, you know, what it's called. It's a Navy Pilot Simulator Uh, And it's cool because I haven't played too many flight sims in in VR. I feel like this might be, you know, this is pretty realistic um, in in terms of the cockpit of the Navy pilot um, thing. (laughs) What do you call it? (laughs) It, know, it's, it's actually ju- just just
0: on that point <laughs> point chris um yeah. it's actually the same plane is in uh ace combat 7 and <laughs> you can funny. actually see yeah you can actually see that the similarities between the two cockpits really they're, they're very close even the position of certain switches and stuff like that
2: <laughs> that's funny so you know i i think this is like a good start I'll, I'll label this game as it's a good start i don't think it's ready to be released uh just because like you get in the game and there's like it's just not polished. It doesn't feel good. Like all the controls for me were finicky with the touch controllers. Um, You know, we were talking about before the show and like the way you hold the stick isn't as natural as it would be on like, you know, if you, if you play like uh, any other flight games. So for me, like, I don't know, man, it's, it's okay. It's, it's all right. I mean, if, if you always have wanted to fly, you know, this, or be a pilot like this. Like this is a cool way to try that out. But um, just based on my first impressions, I didn't play it too long because it was, it wasn't very good. I don't think. <laughs> Does it, someone it, else want to talk about
0: it? Yeah, just <laughs> very know. quickly, and um, just to because I it's very difficult you know we don't want to talk uh we don't want to be particularly too harsh on any game on this show um if we get we're going to be honest but it's not easy to sit here and just criticize a game um and sort of discourage the developer from doing it and that's the way i felt the first time i went into this game now i played it again a couple of days ago so the first time i went into this game there there was no stereoscopic view or anything like that uh, of the hangar where you start off um so it was just flat there was no 3d effect at all um and it's sort of it's a bad first impression to get also um i think anthony'll probably touch on this as well the the in in the hangar the the guy that you're talking to it's it's, it's not a great first impression overall but i'll let him speak a bit more about that um But then I went in again a couple of days, yesterday, and I got to grips far more. I played through the remaining training missions that I didn't do the first time, um, and then I went into the first mission. Um, I think, actually, there's a fair amount of potential with this game. Um, My first impression wasn't great, but once I went in and, and progressed a little bit more, and I got to grips with the motion controllers... So this game uses motion controllers. I don't know if there's an option to use a HOTAS, which I would love, because I think with uh, with the flight stick and throttle, having any kind of tactile feedback is a benefit with this kind of game. I get what they're trying to do um, in terms of using motion controllers, flicking switches, starting the takeoff procedure in, in, in a more natural way. All of that works great. What doesn't work great is when you're up in the air and you're trying to control this thing with motion controllers and you've got no tactile response. It took a while for me to get actually used to that part of it because, um, and I'll try to describe this for the audio listeners as well, that, that the flight stick is in front of you. And instead of doing um, like an arc kind of movement as you would naturally do if you saw this in virtual reality,
1: that doesn't work too sort well. Sort of like Vax Machine.
0: Yes. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work in the same way as you want it to work. So what I found was, if you hold the motion controller in front of you and just use the the uh, three degrees of freedom, I am using the controllers and just literally rotates, literal rotational movement, you get a much better version of how this game is supposed to be played. And from that point on, I could do the missions relatively easy um, without the hindrance of all these control issues I had originally. Um, so. The the game. I agree with Chris. Okay, I think this has been released too early. I think it it needs more work, but I do see some potential. So I I don't. I'm not going to be too harsh on it. I I think it just needs a little bit more work, and the, and the developers are working on it. So um, I look forward to see what they are going to do.
2: It's a good uh, first start, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Steve. So I'll go over to you next on this one. So I, I guess the developer was trying to time this with Ace Combat. Like, I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that was a good decision because uh, Ace Combat just feels far more fluid and, and far more, I don't know, enjoyable. Um, I, I think this is coming out of the oven too early. Um, I, I don't know what's its status. I'm assuming it's early access at some point, or maybe it's um, not even released to the public yet. But um, hey, I agree with both of you in that it's not ready in, in either case. So um, the, the game, it just there's a lot done right. Um, The the, the ship looks fine. Flying um, feels okay. It doesn't, I I can't put my finger on exactly. It doesn't feel quite as good as as Ace Combat, and I don't think it's exclusively the control. Um, I I did play this uh, on my Pimax and with a Vive controller, and it took me a minute like you, Gary, to realize how the flight stick operated, and it wasn't until I kind of left my my Vive controller pointing up like I was holding a a flight stick and, and, and was using the IMU to to steer the craft before I got the hang of it um, but I don't know there's some there's something missing and usually I can or I feel what is missing from a game or from a piece of content like I you know X is is broken or, or Y isn't correct but this game like I I can't say what exactly is wrong but something is wrong and 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 I hate not being able to give direct feedback that says you know this is why I don't like this game but there's but something coming together i i don't know it's like it's like hearing a a orchestra of talented musicians but for some reason they're a quarter beat off or something like just something isn't something isn't kosher and um other than that like i think it has promise um it didn't take too long um you know i mentioned before with ace combat 7 that it was arcadey enough it didn't take long to get into the air this game takes it a step further you have to flip some switches you have to turn the engine on the batteries on and so forth so so there it is a step towards more towards sim uh but within i don't know four or five minutes i was in the air so it wasn't it wasn't that hard in in um in, in a true sim way where you're stuck on the runway for a long period of time so um maybe this is something to keep i, I do not recommend buying it um anytime soon uh, but maybe keep your eye on it it could it could get there I, I think the developer may figure it out and um they've gone a long way like like visually like they've they've designed a lot so it, it isn't um an overly simple cockpit like windlands or something like they they've they've clearly got some research and some investigation into how um this craft is supposed to operate like i I don't know if the developer is a former pilot or 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 what but there there's some there's some knowledge there like and there there's there's uh definitely some some work being done but um they just got to figure out what is keeping it from 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 being all the way there and and making it feel just right
0: yeah, just, just quickly before I pass it over to Anthony, um, I did want to say because the, the developer is still um sort of making improvements on this, it is an early access game, but they are doing sort of continual improvements. And I, I wanted to mention that the fact that I mentioned earlier with regards to the 3D effects in the hangar, that was rectified like the following day um when I when I first tried it, they, they rectified it and now it is full 3D in there as well. Um so I think they they are sort of relatively passionate about this and, and going to continue to develop it. Um, but Anthony, what, what did you think of this
3: one? Well, first of all, one of the things I'll say about like flight simulators in general, like, I don't know that I'm ever, and and when I'm talking about flight simulators, I'm talking about realistic modern day flight, like not like a spaceship or something. But what I'm saying is I don't know that I'm ever going to really be interested in this genre until I get into a simulator and I'm in the cockpit and I'm looking at all the levers and they are freaking crystal clear and I can read them as clear as day and it's like I'm in reality. I'm in a cockpit. I'm looking at the indicators and they're crystal you know, sharp as can be, no fuzziness, and we're not there yet. Not with Ace Combat 7, not with this game. Then the other thing too is, okay, so that's the cockpit part of it. The other thing too is, if I'm flying like over oceans and I'm flying over over little islands and stuff, the actual detail is going to have to be at such a high level where I'm looking out the window and I'm like, oh my God, that really looks like an ocean right there. And again, Ace Combat 7 and this game, I don't think so. It doesn't look, like it just doesn't look that good because this is not my genre. This is not my thing. So for me, it's kind of like, The reason I got into brass tactics, that wasn't my genre either, but they did so many incredible things with it that it forced me to look at something that isn't my normal genre. So for like flight sims, like it's going to take the cockpit being photo real and the outside environments being photoreal before I care about it. Now, if I'm in a spaceship and we're fighting aliens and there's planets and I'm in outer space, that's a different thing because I'm entertained by all of this, but I'm not entertained by just like seeing clouds and ocean. Like that doesn't do anything for me. And then also, like you're seeing jets way the hell out there. There They're little specks on the screen. And I feel like every time I'm in any kind of a dogfighting game, it's like you're flying in a plane like this. There's jets. You're shooting at them. You miss them. Okay, now you bank, and now you're you're trying to do it again. And now you bank, and you're trying. Like to me, that's what it is. It's rinse and repeat. Little specks on on clouds and it's like is this really entertaining i don't but some people it is now this flying aces navy pilot simulator specifically like the 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 production value is pretty poor i'll say because at the very beginning they have this guy that comes out and he's like it's almost like they animated an individual arm and then they animated this individual arm and they animated an individual leg but it was all taped on A body that and it's like he kind of wobbles out here and he's got like different pieces of his arms and stuff moving and then the voiceover and i told this to the developer i i you know i said look like i don't know if they got like the janitor or their cousin bobby or somebody to come in and do the voice work but you gotta if you're gonna have a game that has actual voiceover work you got to get somebody that has a compelling voice that has some oof in his voice or sounds like like this guy, just the person that they got to do it. I, and then also, like maybe go to an airport hangar, have like engine noises and stuff. Bring all your recording equipment there. Record somebody talking in an airport hangar where it has that echo. You got engine noises in the background. Like, give me a real experience. Also, at the very beginning, they're talking about a terrorist thing and they're talking about Mahmud. da 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 da. Is the ter- like, are we ever going to start to get terrorists that aren't named Mahmoud? I mean, it's kind of like, really? I mean, let's let's find let's get some other bad guy out there. The, the same thing is going on in movies and TV stories. It's like it always has to be a terrorist from the Middle East. Okay, let's do this again. That's kind of a sidebar thing there.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. I think honestly, I think we've been pretty fair to this game overall, because there are problems with it, but it's um there's not there's i see potential um if you like this kind of game and i take anthony's point actually um what what you were talking about because i i played flight simulators and and just flying games back in on 8-bit computers and consoles i mean they were really bad (laughs) um which were especially to the point you were talking about where you're just seeing a dot in the distance then it's gone and that's that's literally the game and i understand it but with this now where you feel like you're a bit more in the cockpit and and having an experience that you never ever have in real life i think that has a certain traction for some people um it's not for everybody of course you know like did uh, you ever
1: enable super sampling though anthony like super sampling goes a long way for like trying to make out a ship in the distance and stuff like that you're on a 1080ti you should be super sampling good at this point
3: yeah well you know i'm doing a lot of these let's plays now too though so i'm kind of like I'm kind of conflicted that if I have the super sampling and I'm also recording a video at the same time, is my video going to be stuttery? I don't know. So I've kind of like I was doing the Oculus tray tool and I was doing super sampling. I've done it. But then I've also recorded some Let's Plays where the video was a little bit jittery. And then I'm thinking, oh, I should probably not do this super sampling when I'm doing Let's Plays. So it I don't shouldn't know.
1: affect your Let's Plays unless you're it using shouldn't. the NVIDIA encoder. To
3: encourage yeah,
1: videos, using the then, video, then it so. can,
0: yeah. Okay, uh, well, let's get. I'm just going to change the order very quickly here. So, I wanted to get onto Dead Grounds. Um, I've played this game. I don't know, has anybody else played Dead Grounds? Uh, I didn't, get I played to... the tutorial. Okay, well, we can talk about this quickly. I don't want to spend too long on it. I emailed them. They sent me they sent over a key uh, for our account, um, and this is a beta. This has not been released yet, this game. Um, so basically what it is, this is, I mean, uh, the direct comparison, the easiest comparison is to say that this is very much like an Arizona Sunshine kind of game. Um, it's sort of zombie-based, zombie shooter. But the thing that attracted me to this and the reason why um, – I wanted to get onto this is the fact that it's got a narrative. You know, there's so many games that come out in VR and, in, you know, flat games as well, which are just sort of multiplayer and very thin in terms of narrative. Um, so I, whenever a game comes out where it's got a single player mode and it's got some kind of story behind it, I always like to jump into these. Um, and the comparison with Arizona sunshine on this particular game is quite apt. It's, it's, um, it's very similar. So you play, a character where you go to the so you play through a tutorial first um and you are just learning all of the controls um in a kind of like a, a futuristic way so it's set out in a way where you start off in the cabin of a boat and then you go through uh, you fall asleep and then you play through the tutorials as if these are all dreams which I actually is quite an interesting way of doing a tutorial i thought um but then you find yourself on this island um a so it's very similar to arizona sunshine from that point on um it's narrative based you're trying to find uh things to pick up to unlock doors to progress to the next point um i thought actually this was really well done now it's important to say that this game has not been released it's in a very beta stage and that sort of leads on to the points i want to say very quickly about that some small criticisms um so the voice acting is possibly the worst voice acting i've ever heard in any game ever um it's really bad and the thing is you can sort of ignore that you can get past it it's your character voice it doesn't work particularly well it's not it just doesn't it's not realistic in any way i um, mean it sort of took me out of it a little bit but also because this game is a beta version um it's it's not released yet they still have parts where it's there is no voice acting so you go through certain parts and you just get some kind of subtitles which is fine you know i'm sure they'll add them in there and, and that's all okay it doesn't really detract from the uh, overall experience at the moment um but i do want to just say you know i'm pretty positive on this i think this is one to look out for if you are a fan of arizona sunshine this is a no-brainer this is one definitely to look out for um And they do some interesting things. The the graphics are really good. Um, And I think, you know, in terms of just environments, just progressing through these different environments, it keeps itself interesting. At least the amount I've played you're in, sort of very bright outside areas. Um, It's a nice, again, like Arizona Sunshine, I I like being in these areas which are sunny and bright and uh, it just works so well. And yet you also have these other contrasted environments where you go into caves um yeah I, I really enjoyed it for what it is um i'll look out for it a bit more don't want to say too much more than that at the moment um anthony what did you think you might be played.
3: yeah so i mean all i did was just uh the very beginning tutorial where you're like on that boat and you're kind of like i think i did go to sleep and i don't remember what happened after that but um the, the only thing I remember with it is it just it flowed very well. Like the the free locomotion, this it was very smooth. I was moving around. I was opening opening drawers and closing drawers and picking things up. And and it was bright. Like I felt like the engine was bright and I thought the graphics were pretty good, but um, it felt good to me. But I didn't get into the actual meat of the game. So I can't really say too much.
0: Yeah, um and yeah, Paradise Decay mentioned in chat. So in mission two, we uh, where you use the live app, it's this it's this thing that's in the game. Um they had a bug, the developers did have a bug on this where it sort of reduced performance down quite a lot. Um, but they are removing that. Um again, this is a beta, this has not been released, so there's a lot to uh, there's a long way for it to go yet. Um, but I think it's definitely one to keep your eye on. It's it's it impressed me more than I expected it to, honestly. Um yeah think it's pretty good, good. okay uh, okay well let's get on to tabletop gods now uh this is another game that we received a key for uh this is by ghostfish games and it's uh $19.99 early access uh steve let me go up to you first on this one what did you think
1: well i only got a couple matches in with it and um i was you know I, I shouldn't say this i guess but um sometimes i don't you know i'm the type of person that that i don't always read a manual or you know I'm, I'm like hey i'm a smart guy i can figure this out without reading a manual um so i did that with tabletop gods i just went in i went to single player and i was like let's go um so i didn't do the tutorial and i'm like well i'll get back to it like you know tomorrow morning this was yesterday i'm like tomorrow morning i'll wake up i'll do the tutorial i'll spend like an hour with it um and then Something happened with the kids, and that didn't happen. So um, I can't speak too closely, but I will say that the the couple matches that I played sort of blindly, um, it really impressed me. Like, I thought – like, I I didn't – I don't know. I guess I didn't hear too much about this game, um, or or I just wasn't tracking it very closely. But um, So my expectations were – oh, this is a game I haven't heard of. And I think the three of you know what I'm talking about. When it's a game you really haven't heard much about, your expectations are low. Whereas if it's a game you've heard a lot of buzz about, your expectations are higher. So this being a game I hadn't heard a lot about, my expectations were were, were sort of middling um, and it exceeded those middling expectations. I think this is a good, fun, arcade-y, um, uh, strategy-type game. Like, um... If you if you start with Brass Tactics, which is already a stripped down sort of strategy game from the from the real like RTS enthusiasts, like like Brass Tactics is simple. Um, tabletop Gods might be um, sort of similarly paced, uh, equally similar. It's more complex in some ways, but simpler in other ways. And um, I think that accessibility is, is good. It's got a good uh, cartoony arcade sort of theme. Um, I, I really, um, I guess I'll say I'm going to spend a lot more time with this one. I think, I, I, I think there's a, enough there and it's also a, um, from what I understand, a, um, a, a cross platform game in that you can play it with people on a monitor. And, and so what, what that'll mean is maybe the community will be larger than your typical, uh, VR only game. So, um, I, I'll reserve complete judgment to a future point where I can give it the time it needs, but I will say that my first initial impression is, is that I was very pleased with it, uh, exceeded expectations, and I want to play it more. So if we contrast that to another game we talked about t- today, there's games that, that I don't want to play more. My time is precious. Um, Tabletop Gods is a game I want to play more of. So um, for me, that's a very positive stance. If I want to dedicate my limited time to playing this further, um, that's really as good as I can say about any game. Like uh, that's that's high praise for me. Chris, um, I think you've played this too. What did you think?
2: Yeah, and you know, like Steve, I didn't get to too much time with this, but it's a game that I really want to play more because it, you know, reminds me of that brass tactics feeling of like those little tiny guys and like that cool cartoony art style that really pops out in you know current gen VR headsets. Uh, I just did a few like practice rounds with single player. I don't want to screw up in multiplayer yet. I'm not ready to to lose to some people who have like mastered this game. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it kind of has like the two phases. So you set up your defenses anywhere you want. You have like these these chunks uh, similar to Brass Tactics, where like you you own this amount of of land or whatever. Like this is your zone. So after you do that, you can place all these real time units in there wherever you want uh, in your side and then you battle and then try to defeat the other uh castle on the other side which was really fun like it's it seems like a really you know simple concept but it was executed really well which i think is what all like indie games really should be doing is something similar to tabletop gods where you're you know you have like a very simple mechanic very simple system that's really fun and then just keep iterating on it making it look nicer and you know more polished this game felt really polished uh everything about it felt really polished and it's something I want to go back and play more of you know has that same feeling of brass tactics where you're in this little little space but um the movement's different and kind of cool like you're you're around this circular map and you just use the thumbstick to kind of swivel around it which was was cool I guess it's not as fun for me as flicking the table around because that's always going to be like the most fun thing to do but I like that it's this tiny enclosed battle that you can get really close and um i do want to spend a lot more time with this i haven't gotten too much into the mechanics it looks like you could even cast spells and stuff i didn't look at the tutorial i don't know how to do that but i guess <laughs> you can cast spells which is cool so you know, there's you, some there's some more depth i guess
1: did you drop a fireball like um or did you see the your, your opponent drop a fireball like i think so I like, that's a really that? cool it's this big fireball that comes straight down and it makes this big fire thing and and because like i'm always impressed by um tabletop type stuff in in 3d and in and, and vr like scale like i'm always impressed by varying scale and when the fireball comes down and it, it, it has a, a an area radius attack and um just the way the fireball hits and the smoke and the flames i think we're seeing it on screen at the moment it just it looks really neat because it's a you're seeing it within scale in this little world it's almost like if you can imagine the Google Earth app having a fireball hit the city or something, it just it, it kind of a meteorite. It, it's just a cool little effect. I think it looked great in New
2: Oh yeah, and and it, you know it's just I guess this is the first or the first game released by this studio. I think it's really good, and like a hundred percent of the twenty or or so reviews for the game on Steam are, like, you know, positive. So like I think. You know, this game has a lot of potential. More people have got to get into this. This is like a hidden gem maybe. Well, we'll talk more about it in the coming weeks, I bet. I need to get more time. Yeah,
1: it's it. technically in early access and it's 19.99 um when I looked at it on Steam earlier in the week and um again, I haven't put a ton into it, but like you know, like I I can trust my gut. I've played a ton of games and and I could say with limited time, like I think it's worth the 20 bucks. Uh, I I okay. think you'll you're, you'll get far more use out of a game like this than and than Ace Combat 7 for 60 bucks.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah it, this is this is when, you know, this is early access. This is when a game should be in early access. Like it's good enough that you want to play it without, you know, there having to be a crap ton of updates. So like, uh, awesome job to ghost fish games yeah yeah the um i, I suppose yeah the ob- obvious comparison
0: is brass tactics but there are some differences that that chris touched on so you have this area uh before the match starts where you sort of place a few things before the match starts and there's three distinct rounds as well uh, in this game rather than just sort of continuous flow uh in brass tactics but it works really well i i loved it again limited amount of time that i've spent with this but uh I think uh, yeah, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a lot more of this because I played a lot of brass tactics and this has that same feeling bit with some slight differences, which I appreciate as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I highly recommend this. Anthony, what did you think?
3: Yeah, so when uh, you know we ended up getting a code for this and I saw it and I was like tabletop gods and I was like, oh man, another RTS. I'm not really into RTSs. And so I, I didn't really have hype for this at all, but I was like, "Ah, they're all going to be talking about it. I'm going to need to go in there and play it myself." So I went ahead and went in, and I—I I mean, we're all saying the same thing: like, this is there's production value here. There's like really good voiceover work. Like every time you put something down, you almost have like a Mortal Kombat style announcer that like talks about mage, uh, you know, whatever whatever your Mortal necromancer, Pro- that's, that's you know, that's perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Go yeah.
3: Ahead. They, they kind of <laughs> pop out and and you do that. It's really intuitive. It works well. You know, what we notice with this is the RTS genre and VR, it's like butter and toast, man. This just goes together perfectly. And so I think we're going to see a lot of RTS games coming to VR because it's just works so easy. It's like, it's like wave shooters and horror games. It's just made perfectly for it. Now, if you put a gun to my head and said, "Are you going to would you rather play this or Brass Tactics?" I would go with Brass Tactics. But if somebody picked up Brass Tactics and they pretty much have, you know, squeezed every little bit of juice out of Brass Tactics or looking for something different, this would be an awesome opportunity as well. And then I think Brass like I don't know what Brass Tactics is selling for right now, but this is 20 bucks. It's solid. All I did was the practice mode, like what kind of what you guys did. And I was doing single player. Um, But you see a guy's head on the other side of you, like a mask or something, you know, almost like the ping pong game, 11 table tennis, where you see like the person's head over there. And so like if you're doing multiplayer, I'm sure you have like one guy on the other side of you. You're talking back and forth. That would probably be super fun. I didn't actually get into that part. Uh, but yeah, it's absolutely solid. This might be the best game of January because, you know, January is a bit of a a lighter month. We do have a Fisherman's Tale next week. And, you know, people will say that Ace Combat 7 is the best game of January. But for me, I so far right now, I'd say Tabletop Gods is my favorite game that has been released this month so far.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, again, like Steve said, actually, it was a bit of a surprise. You see, we get these game keys, and some sometimes you just think, uh, I've got to go in and try this, but it's a pleasure when you get something like this, which is so well-polished. And also, I think... I, Part of me feels like Brass Tactics paved the way for me to enjoy games like this as well, um, because this is not my kind of game. And yet I find myself wanting to play this more than a lot of games that we get sent. Um, so I think it's there's a lot to like about it. Um, d- d- just uh quickly, um, I'll pass it over to somebody whoever wants to answer this. Um, did you feel like the, the depth within this is more or less than brass tactics? I know we've only played a limited amount, but but what did you think, Steve?
1: I think um I, I think possibly more. Like like in, in some ways it's it's simpler, um, but in other ways it's it's um it seems like it's faster hitting. Like because the tables are relatively smaller. Um, you have less of a reaction time before the enemy is attacking one of your towers or whatever. So, like I think, and and it goes to that, and, and I don't think the developers hiding behind it either. It's 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 taking a step towards arcady. The matches are much quicker, I think, yeah. from what I've seen. Like some of my brass tactics matches, like would would borderline forty five minutes to an hour. I don't see myself having one hour matches in Tabletop Gods, and and that's that's not a bad thing. Like like sometimes like you got twenty minutes, you want to get a match done. You you I imagine there were people out there, myself included, that said, oh, I'd I'd like to play Brass Tactics, but I don't have an hour. Um, so I I think there, um, I wouldn't even necessarily go as far as to say that Brass Tactics was necessarily better. I, I think they're different, and I think Brass Tactics definitely does some things better. And I think Brass Tactics had the advantage of being first. Um, so to your point, Gary, it, it paved the way. But um, I, I think there's room. This is a different. This is a different slice of cake. Like you know, they're similar. They're both cake, but this is a slightly different slice of cake meant to suit a slightly different taste. And um, and I think that's okay.
3: Did anybody have any minor performance? Like I had a little bit of little bit of hitchiness every now and then did anybody have that um, not that um, i
0: noticed no no not that i noticed oh although uh because you uh put a video on your channel didn't you anthony it might have been yeah. we is that the time you played it was that when you noticed the the problems or
3: yeah um, and so i was recording a video so who knows yeah maybe
0: okay uh well let's get on to the last thing we want to discuss this week and um i think people anybody that's on any of the uh, vr subreddits they saw this from a few weeks ago the uh the the pt the unreal pt which was uh, developed like a vr version um from Redius uh gordello um, they made it a vr version of the playable teaser a uh, game that came out on PS4 it was a demo that came out on PS4 a long time ago now um but it's a horror game uh I played through it in the flat version um and I also played an early version of the VR uh, playable teaser as well but um not too much beyond that Steve I know you've played this what what did you tell us about it
1: so, um, I was busy and, and as everyone knows, I, I did the whole Pimax thing last week. So I was, I really wasn't playing new stuff. I was spending time playing things that I was familiar with and I had seen the community talking about Unreal PT and I didn't jump on it. Um, I'm like, okay, I'll get to it when I get on the other side of, of my initial Pimax impressions. And, um, so I went to look for it this week and apparently I went to the developer's, uh, itch.io page. About an hour after he had taken it down, uh, I'm guessing Konami, It seems like Konami maybe gave him some flack. So, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, PT was a um, a Silent Hill teaser uh, from Konami and Kojima. I don't know 5 years ago 6 years ago like um and then there was a the fallout between Kojiba and Konami so the game never really happened and then I guess for some sort of uh, business licensing contractual agreements Sony had to pull the PT demo from the uh playstation store so you can no longer get this on your playstation and um so it's it's like this really treasured uh bit of uh, pop culture almost within within uh relatively recent gaming and uh and i played through it back then when it was initially released on on playstation so um this user and, and this person uh I forgot his name, um, uh, Radius Gordello. I, I don't know if that's his actual name or if it's just sort of his online moniker. Uh, but they, they, they recreated painstakingly, they recreated the whole PlayStation PT demo experience using the unreal engine, uh, and, and made it for PC and, and released it relatively recently. And, um, I think it's a very, 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 very good and accurate recreation. So, um, I, uh, I did find the link. Paradise DK said he has a link if I need it. Um, maybe I'll post the link here on, on the show notes because I, I do have it and I've since found it. Um, and, and I've played through the whole thing last night and, um, I think it's a good thing. It's free, right? Like, so now you have to go through the work. I recommend everyone try it Like because it doesn't cost them anything. They have to go through the work of finding it. I'll post it, um, a media fire link and it'll last as long as it lasts. I, I didn't post it directly myself, but, um, i think it's worth doing uh pt it's a it's a neat experience it's 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 moody uh it's in a way it feels in vr it feels a little bit like transference um which is a good thing it's different um so i'm not saying it's just like transference but it has a a sort of psychological feel like you're you're not shooting zombies you're not you're not dealing with something in your face it's more of the um and we talk about this when we talk about horror games. It's, it's a, a, a fear of the unknown, a fear of what you're thinking you're, you're going to see, um, and such. So, and it's a nice creepy vibe and, and, and a simple little story. If you, if you follow it, that, uh, is just psychotic and creepy. And, um, I, I, I enjoyed that kind of thing. So, uh, in VR, it's not perfect. Uh, Radius Gordello admittedly doesn't have a VR headset. So, he is not able to or she uh are not able to test a vr implementation and um initially they they've made some improvements based on user feedback i played it last night on my Pimax. it it, it chugged a little um it wasn't perfect but it was playable and and if it's playable on on, on a pi i think it, it'll probably be more playable on a vive rift and, and so forth so um you don't have you have motion controllers, and they work. I use the Vive controllers, and I'm able to walk around analog. At some point, you get a flashlight, and the flashlight works with motion controllers just like you expect. Um, but there's not a lot of interactivity. Uh, it's, it's not too polished in that sense. But, again, it's it's a free thing, and I, and I think it's definitely worth checking out. Manfain in chat uh, correctly points out that 1.0.7 is the current version. So if you find a download link, and again, I'll try to remember to post it here in our show notes on this episode. Um, But if you find it elsewhere, or if you look for it, or if I forget to post, which is highly likely, uh, you want to look for version 1.0.7.
0: Yeah, and it's worth mentioning, like, if you did download an older version of it, I mean, I felt like it was almost unplayable on the older version, only because of the uh, weird distortion. It had like this fisheye lens kind of thing um, that didn't work well. I I downloaded an older version. I've yet to try the newer version. um, But I look forward to trying that, actually, because... That original PT uh, that I played through on PS4 a long time ago, um, it was, I mean, it's terrifying. (laughs) Um, So I'd like to experience a little bit of that in VR as well but yeah again on on one of your points steve when you said um there's not a lot of interactivity in it um there's not really a lot in in the game anyway so i think they have sort of stayed close to the original game um, and just converted it over to vr you're literally walking around the same corridor again and again and then doing various things to make it trigger uh the next stage of of progression um but yeah it's it, I, I think I will go back in and and try the the updated version because I loved or or I don't know if loved is the right word, but um, there's a lot to like about uh, PT anyway.
3: Does it have like the uh, does it have the like the radio commercials and everything like the radio announcements and all that?
1: And I don't remember. I still my my one of my I have two PlayStations here in, in my house and. Uh, I still have my original one that I bought when it released and it has PT on it, but it's been so long since I've played it that um, I don't know if it's the exact same like audio files. And, and maybe that's why Konami, you know, uh, uh, made made him take it down was um, there? there is the radio plays and there's there's another thing that that has voice acting. Uh, I'll try not to spoil anything, but um that 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 voice acting is there i don't know if it is 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 if this person recreated it or if he was somehow able to rip the audio from the playstation version but it feels authentic i don't feel like that there was um uh that, that had a, a cheesy you know recorded in in the bedroom with a sock over the microphone type of of, of amateurism to it it felt legit it felt accurate to the experience
3: you know, the PT from way back in the days helped me get another 75 bucks for when I sold my PlayStation 3 because I still had it on there and I sold it to like some YouTube dude and he was like, Oh, you've got PT on it? Like, I'll give you an extra hundred bucks if it has PT Seriously? on it. That was Th- Yeah, this was way this is when it was at the height <laughs> of its That's fame, never remix like everybody because they took it off oh. you couldn't get it anywhere yeah you still yeah, had to find somebody that had like i don't even think there's a way to hack it onto it like you had to have somebody that actually downloaded it so it um when i
1: got my new when i got my playstation pro i did the migration the hard drive migration utility that's in 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 uh, the sony playstation and i believe it migrated since i had it in my digital library and uh i'm I'm about ninety-eight percent sure it migrated, but at the very least, I still have it on my OG PS4. I'm thinking I might need to sell it now. Like, oh, yeah. I, can, that
0: on <laughs> I did, uh, yeah. I, I migrated as well, Stephen. It does; it transferred over because I've got it on my uh, PS4 Pro now. Um, and yeah, I heard rumors of like ps is going for like a thousand pounds more or something like that over here for any PS4 that had it on oh, there. Crap. That's a.
1: But, I'll think, migrate I, all day. That's a business. <laughs> no,
0: but I think, I think there is a way, uh, to Anthony's point, I think there is a way to hack it on now. Uh, you can wow. do it if you really want it. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think that's pretty much all we've got for this week on VR Roundtable. Has anybody got any closing thoughts at all?
1: Uh, I'll just say it looks like I am dropping frames again on this episode. We had a technical issue last week. This this is before I moved to a new version of Windows, so I don't know what the issue was last week, and I don't know what the issue is this week. My local copy is encoding just fine, so uh, maybe it's my internet to YouTube. Uh, I have uh, fiber. I have one gig up and down, so I should be able to stream at 4K 60 frames without issue, so I, I don't know what the issues issue is i'll work on it this week i just want to apologize for that so if you're watching in the stream it it may be sort of uh, a broken or a chuggy frame rate um it's not anything that i see that i'm doing wrong but i just want to apologize for that and i'll i'll spend some time this week to fix it
3: hey real quick in chat tech neil says hi at vr roundtable will you guys be keeping your ear to the ground regarding the potential upcoming madbox a vr compatible games console and you know what tech neil we're going to get to it really soon, but first, we're getting Soldier Boy's console first. We're going to check that one out, and Soldier then we'll Boy? check out the Mad Box. Yeah, yeah, Soldier Boy. Yeah, uh, He's it. got his own video game console. Now. <laughs> no.
0: Is that is that Madbox the one by the, uh, uh, is it Mad Studios? Uh, Put yeah, slightly, yeah. Mad Studios. slightly Mad Studios. Yeah. Slightly Mad Studios, okay, yeah. More power. I thought that
3: was an April Fool's joke, actually, when I first heard it.
1: More power to them. Uh, You know, if they can pull it off, like I I welcome newcomers to try to compete. But uh, Simon Jones says, quick update from Steve about Pimax. Um, I've used it all week. Um it's 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 still going good uh, i i stand by everything i said last week so there's been no shifts there's been no uh fall off from the honeymoon period or anything uh with the new windows installation i will say that lucky's tail runs perfectly fine so um <laughs> that that was it must have been some sort of bugaboo with all the crap i've installed and stuff over on my past installation so uh subnautica still has a weird shading issue and i guess that game is just the way it's going to be so uh it's a little bit unfortunate but but that is the only game I've had an issue with. Everything else is is um, running real well and I'm still very, 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 very pleased with the Pimax when I um when I stepped to play Ace Combat. Uh, on the PlayStation VR and, and, and I want to be very cautious and, and you'll find a lot of YouTubers out there um, will, will be careful to make sure that they they keep doing their Let's Plays with, with the Rift and, and with the Vibe even though they have other headsets because they don't want to necessarily come off as they are um, uh, they, they want to cater to their audience and, and so I, I don't want to be uh, keep bringing up the Pimax necessarily because I don't want to put people off that oh well he's playing things on a Pimax he's got a different experience than everybody else and um, to a degree that's true but I, I don't think the Pimax is going to make a bad game play well like take some case in point the the uh, the flying game we talked about earlier um but it is a different experience so uh i may not talk too much about it and because and, i'm trying to to not rub anybody the wrong way so um you know i, I just i want to be sensitive to that and, and maybe it's wrong maybe i shouldn't do that but it, it's kind of where i am at the right point i don't want to keep bringing it up because i still feel that it's sort of a niche like an extra niche thing and and um i, I don't want to be seen as as uh I don't know, as as just grading on somebody by, by continually talking about it. But I will say, since you asked specifically, um, Simon, that that I am still enjoying it, and and it's the only headset I want to use. Like I felt it when I played Ace Combat Seven on PlayStation VR. Like I put, I was pushing the the. The PlayStation VR mechanism slides in and out, and I was really pushing it into my face because naturally I'm like, "Oh, this this phobe isn't it," and and it it is it, and um it's just it's just it's just the way it is. This is a fact of, of what the device is. So, um there's that. And also thanks to Catherine Chanson for the uh for the five euro uh, super chat. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, she says thanks for the best live VR show. We really appreciate that feedback.
0: OK, uh, yeah, well, I, I know we uh, need to finish up here just very quickly. And this is just a thought I should probably save it for behind the scenes, uh, Steve. But I, do, I wanted to very quickly ask you, just because you did uh, somebody did bring up PyMax in the chat, I wanted to ask about the tracking. Have you had any issues with tracking? This is something that I, I read about from certain users of the Pimax in terms of it, it, it falling out from tracking for from time to time. Uh, have you got anything
1: on that? No, like it, um, the only tracking issue I've had, and it's not really a tracking issue. It's a Steam VR issue. Um, tracking is, is spot on. It's, it's using lighthouse technology. It, it, it works. This stuff is proven. Um, it, it's, it, it's just, it's spot on. I haven't had a, a single hitch or a single glitch. I have had a couple of situations where I've booted up to play a game. And for whatever reason, Steam VR put me into the standing room mode. So you see with the Pimax, you, you have the Pimax software, not unlike when you have the Rift software, Oculus Home, and you ha- it both have to be running along with Steam VR. And when I turn the Pimax on and, and all that, and it then turn VR on, um, for whatever reason, sometimes it puts me into standing room where you get the blue circle uh, at the center of your room. Um, and that's just a Steam VR thing. Like It's either the bug on Pimax side or the bug on Steam VR side, and then you just turn it off, turn it back on, and then it'll... It'll put you back into your room scale mode. So uh, some may describe that as a tracking issue because it, Steam VR is is uh, is coming into the wrong tracking mode because you can have um, the standing mode and the room scale mode both configured in, in on one PC depending on what type of game you're playing. Um, so that's the only bug I've had, but I, I don't know who's at fault for that, and, it, and it's relatively minor because I just turn things off, turn them back on, and it goes back to what I mentioned last week, and that um, there's more friction. To using a Pimax like you know you, you you there's more there's just little things that are going to creep in and, and, and I think that stuff will work itself out as they get more more uh, development time with their software
0: okay yeah and finally sorry I, when we get on to Pimax I've just got loads of questions anyway but finally <laughs> Greg Greg's VR um he did mention uh, how's the vertical field of view in
1: the Pimax is there anything you
0: could tell us about that
1: um yeah it's about uh six degrees taller. So um, on the, and I, I may have my numbers slightly wrong, but uh, and, and just take it for the gist that of what I'm saying is um, from what I remember, I measured 94 um, uh, degrees field of view on the Odyssey and on the Rift. And then I measure a hundred to 102 on the Pimax. So it, it, it does, it, that doesn't sound like a big change numerically, but it does feel... Like it, it, it fills your vertical field of view very, very nicely. Um, and it, it, it is notable coming from any other headset. Uh, all the horizontal field of view gets all the attention and, and maybe rightfully so, but there is an increase in the vertical field of view that is very immediately noticeable. Okay. Good stuff. Well, uh, that's
0: pretty much it then for this week on VR Roundtable, uh, episode 109. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to everybody in chat. Thank you to uh, Catherine Chanson for the super chat as well. Uh, Always appreciated. And it all, anything we get from that always goes back into the show. Um, But uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. We'll see you next time. And uh, thanks for joining us.
3: Bye. Uh,